We are going to continue our uh, little Advent Christmas sermon series in the, in the book of Luke and uh, looking at Luke's account of God coming to us. You want to turn to Luke chapter 1, we're going to be in verses 26 through 45. If you want to follow along in your Bible or Bible app, we have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you if you'd like to follow along. This time of the year... There's so many great things. Last week, last week I talked about the lights and Christmas lights and how uh, uh, great they are and fun they are to, to, to go around and look at and watch. And another thing about the Christmas season are the you know the different the, the different songs uh, that come to mind. Right, like it's beginning to cost a lot, like Christmas. Right, you know that song, right? Gift giving. Um, it's, it's a, it's, it's a wonderful time of the year, but it's a costly time of the year too, right? Uh, some of you are checking your budget. Some of you don't, don't check your budgets at all. It's like throw caution in the wind. It's Christmas, right? Uh, some spouses are split along those lines. Some of you got the gas pedal down. Others have got the brake on and holding back, right? And the average, you know, the average person, um, will spend this year $832, over Christmas for gifts and food and and uh, decorations, eight hundred thirty-two dollars per person. Um, that begins to add up in, in, in a family. Um, it, 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 it's costly as we, we we love to celebrate, right? We the, with the, the foods. This is a time where we might splurge. On, you know, we want the gifts for our children, and of course, your spouses, right, men? You splurge on your spouses, right, men? Right. Um, my dad always said, spoil your wife, not your children. I didn't hear any amens to that. Didn't hear. Okay. Jesus have mercy on these brothers here. Spoil your wife, not your children. Men, you heard it here first. Um, there's a cost to Christmas, right? Um, I think in the end for most of us, I mean, there's in some cases like we're like, Oh, I, we might have to rein back the budget income January. Would you say it's worth it? I think that that we would right the 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 time that we spend and, and and what we put into Christmas to give gifts to to bless others we would in the end say it was worth it it's worth the cost of giving and blessing and celebrating the most wonderful time of the year the cost is worth it as we get into the next this next uh, part of Luke's account, he's, he's trying to record history and show in an, in an orderly way how God, God really, truly, historically, factually, miraculously came to us. But it didn't come without cost. He came, his coming, the greatest Christmas gift. It didn't come without cost who would those who, who, who would be part of this process, including Mary. But it was worth it. It's worth it. Whatever cost it is to follow Jesus, whatever cost it is for him to come in and through us, whatever cost, it's, it's worth it. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would show up, Lord. And I... I'm even hesitate with those words because 
Lord, you're, you're already here. I, Lord, I ask for your, your work to help us make, be available to you. You're working. You're wanting to work. You're, you're wanting to empower. You're wanting to fill. You're wanting to encourage. You're wanting to bring hope. There's a great work you want to do here. And Lord, I just I pray for you. You must do something I can't do. None of us really can do, Lord. And that's to, to make our hearts ready for you, Jesus. To be alive in us. Spirit, I need you to be to work upon me just to be your vessel. To speak through me your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, this is the sixth month of Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, sixth month of her pregnancy. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel said, answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We jump into the scene here. Last week it was the miracle of an angel showing up to this guy named Zechariah, a priest, while he's serving before the Lord and letting him know that they, though they, they're in their 60s, they've never been able to have a child, and they've gone through that grief, they're going to have a child in their old age. And that child being John the Baptist, John's coming is like that of a, of a herald of a king. A herald goes before preparing the way, and his coming was part of this clustering of miraculous events and signs that come around God when God is breaking into human history to do something uniquely spectacular. John's conception was already a foretelling, a foreprepareing, if you will. The king is coming. Now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy here, The same angel Gabriel comes to, we see here, a virgin. A young lady who is betrothed. So she is, she is, uh, uh, um, 
Wow, I'm having a senior pastor moment. When you engage, there it is. There it is. Hold on a second. Need some more reverence roast. Mm. Lord Jesus, help me. So Mary is, 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 has not had, has not slept with her, a man, any man, let alone her fiancé, Joseph. She's a virgin. This is really important. It's also important to know that Joseph is of the house and line of David. So she's approached here. She has an encounter with an angel. It says, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now she, like Zechariah, these stories are meant to be compared. Okay? They're meant to be compared. Zechariah's encounter with an angel, with Gabriel. Mary's encounter with angel Gabriel. Greetings, O favored one. Now she was troubled, it says, by this saying. Try to discern what's going on here. Again, just like Zechariah, when he encountered the angel, when you encounter the angel, an angel is the presence of God with us. God's messenger, he's holy. It's a frightening thing before God. We lack that sense of kind of of God's holiness, of that reverence before God. In our modern time, we really love the familiarity of God, the closeness of God. This whole God with us, the friendship of Jesus, the closest we can, we oftentimes, uh, as a result, uh, enjoy that at the cost of his greatness and his glory. As we've sung earlier, God is worthy. He's holy. And so Mary knows, I don't know what, what's going on here. I don't know. This could, be, this could be a really bad day. The angel, knowing what she's experiencing, says, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. In this encounter, Mary, this young lady, approached by an angel, being told, you're going to have a child born in you. Not just any child, but the Son of the Most High. This virgin conception this virgin birth is, is, is significant, it's essential, it, 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 it's, it's significant in so many ways, but, but in particularly in assuring that who Jesus is is not just another man, he's the Son of God. Let's break this down a little bit here. Mary, Mary's likely around the age of 16, she's likely a teenager, all right? you think about this, just in terms of your life and where Mary's at and what she may have been experiencing. Think of when you were 16. Some of you, that may be a long ways ago. When you were 16, like what were your priorities? What were, what were, you, what were you focused on? What were you, what were you thinking about? And, and what was important to you when you were 16 years old and your life and your trajectory and, and yeah, there might, there might be some romances in there, that boy or girl or um, maybe that whether you're going to have a car, what kind of car you, you had, job. Um, what are your other friends thinking? Your, your, you know, what, what's, your, what's your wardrobe look like? You know, a lot of the really important things, of course. Um, some might even be thinking, you know, at 16 right now, you're, you might be a junior in high school or more or 17. You're a senior. You're, 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 you're anticipating uh, college. You're th- beginning to think, maybe think a little bit about the future. And you've got maybe some ideas like this is maybe kind of what I want in life a little bit. 
but you're still kind of just living in the moment. She's 16. Now, life was a little bit different back then. You got married at 16. That wasn't uncommon. Young men were already uh, apprentices and getting jobs and, and, and like career kinds of jobs and not, not just, not just uh, a part-time job at, you know, Starbucks or Caribou or Runnings or whatever it may be. Can you imagine 16, all of a sudden, one, having an encounter with an angel, but two, being told, you've been chosen by God. And he is going to cause his son to be born in you. Imagine a 16-year-old mind trying to just process this information and take this in. You imagine just all, all the things that are going on. This changes a complete sense of trajectory and what's, what's, what's important in life and what's happening. Like everything gets thrown aside. Because all of a sudden, this, this disrupts. It takes primacy, priority above everything. It changes absolutely everything in so many ways. Angel tells Mary, you're going to have a child. Now, the nature of this child is, 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 is significant. This is, this is why we're here. This is what we celebrate. You're going to call his name Jesus. Jesus, this word Yeshua, means the Lord saves. His name is not ironic. It's intentional. intentional. Jesus, the Lord saves. Going on, he will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. This, this, this goes back to the, 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 there's prophecies. Hundreds of years prior, there, there was these echoes coming from people called prophets saying there's, a, there's, there's going to be a child born. There's going to be a person who will come and he will continue in this, the, the throne of this person named David. Who, David was the, this, this monumental king in, in the life of Israel. And God, the one true God, made a promise with him. I will keep your throne forever. There will be somebody who will sit on your throne over God's people forever. But, well, that's not humanly possible. The only way that could be fulfilled is if God himself was on that throne. The only way that can be fulfilled is not only if a God-man sits on that throne. God is fulfilling his promise to this nation of Israel through whom he would bless all people. It was God's eternal plan always to, to, to bless all the nations, to save all people by coming through one nation, Israel. And to fulfill that, there must be a king. But the right king, if he's to be the king of all people for all time, can't just be a person. He must also be God. He will be great, the son of God. And he will sit on the throne of David and he will reign on the house of Jacob forever. The angels explaining to, to Mary, a 16-year-old girl, she was just thinking about just, you know, washing clothes and making some food and, and her, just her friends and what's going on there. And hey, her cousin Elizabeth, she's pregnant. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And all of a sudden, what? 
I'm going to be pre- I'm going to be pregnant, which is whoa, whoa. And who? What? The, the son of the most high God, the the throne of David, the king. What is going on? It, what is happening? You Mary's logical question from a 16-year-old girl who who has never had sex, who's preserved her body and that beautiful sexual relationship that God has given us as a gift, she's saved it for that marriage relationship as God's designed it. Mary says to the angel, how will this happen? I'm a virgin. How is this going to happen? It's a very practical, natural kind of question from a, from a 16-year-old girl. Well, this would be directly in contrast for those of you who were with us last week. We look back at Zechariah, and he, and he also kind of questions the angel too. His question isn't a matter of ignorance, like Mary. His question of, give me another sign. I'm not really sure I trust you. His question from Zechariah was a question of unbelief. I don't trust you, God. I don't trust you, angel. You sent an angel to talk to me, which is kind of miraculous. I've never had that happen before. And he's going to tell me that, he's telling me that I'm gonna have a, we're going to have a baby, but it's not enough. I don't trust you, God. Zachariah's response and Mary's response are, are dramatically different. She's ignorant. She's asking, I, I don't understand. How, how is this possible? I, I'm a virgin. And the angel explains, this is a work of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And some religions have actually taken this to mean that there's some kind of sexual act that actually happens between God or the Holy Spirit and, and Mary. And that is absurd. That is absolutely absurd. In ancient kinds of myths, mythology and legend, whether it's Roman or Greek, there was these kinds of encounters of these mythological gods who did have sexual relations with human beings and created demigods and things like that. That's not what's going on. There's a very clear thing that, that the angel's trying to communicate here. What's happen, going to happen isn't something that's human. If, if he's going to be the savior, if, he's going to, if the Lord is going to save, then the Lord is going to do this work. The Lord is covering you. The Lord's power is going to accomplish this in you. Not through natural means of conception of a sperm and an egg. This is going to be God creating and causing something from nothing. Because only God can create something from nothing. This isn't your work, Mary. This is mine. I'm going to do it. And he affirms this with, hey, you know, I, I, your, your cousin Elizabeth, she's going to bear a son as well. I've already, I've caused that. that that's evidence that, that I can do this. And this is the kicker. Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. What's necessary about the virgin birth, what's so significant and so important. You see, because if, 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 if Jesus isn't fully God, And if Jesus isn't fully human, taking on every aspect of humanity, and and, and he he was an infant, and he cried, and he needed to be fed, and he pooped, and he had all the things. I know we don't like to think about all these things, but he went through puberty. Jesus experienced puberty and all the glory of it. He was fully human. And the author of Hebrews explains, he was tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. He needed to be human, fully human, in order to stand in our place. Because 
God's justice for sin demands punishment. Demands wrath. Not in a reactive sense. God is a just God. God If God is loving, He must be just, and our sin must be dealt with. But God provided a system of human sacrifices. Not human sacrifices. God provided a human system of sacrifices that included lambs and cattle and things like that. We're not talking about, no, let's just clear the record. No human sacrifices except for Jesus. He's the only human sacrifice. There's a, the, the, God made a system where the wages of sin is death. What our, our sin deserves is, is death. There's eternal death, which is, which is hell. But, there, but this life has been infected by death. This world has got disease and decay and, 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 and life is never as long as, as it should be. And, and our loved ones never live as long as we, we want them to be because this life is infected by death. It's the, cause, the consequence of sin. Jesus must be fully human because in order to pay the price, in order to satisfy the justice of God for human beings, Jesus, there needed to be a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice. A human sacrifice. Jesus was that. He had to be human. This is always God's plan to redeem us. God was always pursuing us. It wasn't plan B. He always knew we would turn away from him. We would turn to ourselves. We would want to live for me. And reject him as our creator. The one who who breathed life into us. The one who creates us. The one who loves us. Gives us purpose and design and meaning. And loves us in the midst of our filth and our sin, and we just continue to run away, we continue to shake our fists and say, no, I want my own way. And God made it possible for us to be redeemed, to be changed, to be saved from ourselves, but be saved saved from our, our, our our destination of hell by coming in our place. He must be human. But in order for him to live perfectly in relationship with God the Father, to fulfill our design, to live in love, and in every situation, in every way, when, he, when there was temptations for anger, he chose, Father, I love you, and I choose your way. When there was temptations for sexual lust, he chose, Father, I trust your way and your provision. When there was temptations for anxiety and fear, he chose the Father when there was temptations to retaliate, he chose, Father, your way, not my way. In every instance, Jesus f- experienced the fullness of every pain and suffering and tem- types of temptation that we experience in this life. And he said yes to the Father every time for you and me. He needed to be God in order to be perfectly aligned with God. The God-man. The angel explains, nothing is impossible with God. We can get into... All the questions of miracles at this point. I'll just bring up one point. 
One of the things that's unique about the scriptures and about the Bible is it doesn't shy away from the honest things that would be, would be considered shameful. You look through the Old Testament, and it doesn't present Israel as this great nation. In fact, it presents God's people as this jacked up, messed up, horrible group of people who repeatedly fail and fall short and reject God. In the accounts of Jesus, there is so much risk to suggest that Jesus was born out of wedlock. Like, there's so much scandal in this story. For this to be published, and to be publicly proclaimed that this is part of the, 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 the story and the means by which God has come to us. And Luke has made it very clear in the beginning. I'm giving you, based on eyewitness accounts, based on all the facts, I've done research This is what happened. There's so much scandal to publish this kind of story of origin of God with us. Jesus is some kind of child born out of wedlock. Like, come on now. Easy to just cast all kinds of shame and easily reject at this point. There's so many reasons, even within the narrative of Luke and, and, and God's, God's choosing to, to come through and speak directly to women and, 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 and to use them as vessels of, of, of his demonstration of power and the proclamation of the gospel. This unique, like that, that, those wouldn't be reliable witnesses or reliable evidence. Why would he do that? Because it's what happened. It's not, the Bible's not trying to clean things up in order to make it more convincing. It, it, the scriptures give us the facts as they are. There's so many other reasoning we could go into in terms of miracles and whether we should believe in the, in, in the virgin birth of Jesus. I don't believe that's this is the time for us to unpack that. I think that this is like Mary. It's a moment of faith. And in Mary, while in this moment we're seeing who is Jesus? How did he come to us? He came to us by means of a virgin conception that it can only be accomplished by God. Only be accomplished by God. But what's necessary, if we are going to be saved as human beings, it was necessary that it must be God and he must be fully man. And it's the only way he could possibly come through virgin conception. What, what, what's highlighted here for us is not just how Jesus comes, but Mary's response. And, and I believe that's the invitation for us. Will we respond like Mary? Look, look at verse 38. Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it to be to me according to your word. Behold. The, the word is actually slave. It's a bit stronger than, than what many of our translations get. I am the slave of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary, Mary's faith here in responding to the angel is so profound and so important for us. Her faith here is really modeling for us how, how, how we ought to respond to God, how we ought to trust in the Lord. Mary receiving 
Christ conceived in her is, is the model for us receiving Christ born in us. You see, Mary receives Christ with this surrender and submission. It's really important for us to understand here. Mary, Mary did not do anything to deserve God choosing her. The word there, did you notice? You have found favor with God. This is multiple times. Verse 28, uh, 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 verse 30. You have found favor. This, this, this language of, of, of favor has nothing to do with the recipient. It is everything to do with the benefactor, the one who's giving the favor. They have chosen. They have shown grace upon this person. They don't deserve it. There's nothing that Mary has done. Mary, in fact, is sinful and needs to be saved by the son conceived in her. Mary needs to be saved. Mary does not deserve to be worshipped or prayed to. Mary is not divine or holy in any way. There is only one in this passage that's holy. That's the what is born in her and not by her. It's by God himself. She's receiving. Her faith is receiving God's working in her. That is God's grace. His unmerited, his undeserved kindness towards her. But this gift is a costly gift. For her to have Jesus born in her, this isn't a light thing. 16-year-old girl, she is engaged. And now she's pregnant. And she's going to go tell her dude that she's engaged to? Uh, I'm, so Joseph, there's this thing that happened the other day. It's really awesome. An angel come, and he told me I'm pregnant with... God, the son of God in me. And Dave, Joseph's like, what, what, what did you say? You're pregnant? Who's the guy? What is going on here? Now, Joseph was more of those like contemplative, like he's just kind of seething inside. He's like, oh, Lord, have mercy on us. What am I going to do about this? I love this girl, but she, she's going crazy. She's just justifying, you know, her lapse in judgment, her poor character. I'm going to be a nice guy. Matthew records this Joseph's encounter. It's like, I'm just going to divorce her quietly. I'm going to try. I'm going to be a, I'm going to, I don't want to bring shame upon her because you know what, what would happen socially? If people found out that she was pregnant while they were engaged, but not by Joseph. Well, and if it was by Joseph, that wouldn't be good either. Stoning was a possibility. Being killed by stoning. It, it wasn't as common then as it had, had been earlier in the, the life of Israel. But it was still, it was still a, a, a capital punishment. There was shame of being rejected. Uh, of, of having this kind of the scarlet letter, if you will, of, a, of adultery. And, and, and being uh, uh, ostracized by community. And, and, and forever shamed and rejected. But... God visits Joseph as well and affirms, this is something I've done. 
Mary. Mary's response to God, she knows she's not naive. She's 16, but she's not naive. Her response here says, behold. This is a, a this statement, this use of the word behold is, it, it, it is a declaration putting a flag in the ground. This is my conviction. This is something that I'm standing on. I I have thought through. I understand what I'm getting into. Behold. This is a firm. It's not a a wavering kind of, okay, God, I get it. No, no, no. Behold. She's standing in faith and confidence. Lord, I'm going to receive. I trust you. I'm going to receive this gift and everything comes with it. I trust you know what's right. You know what's good. You're going to take care of me. I don't understand how this is going to happen. Mary, did you know? No, no, she didn't know it all. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Behold, she makes a, a definitive statement. It's not naive optimism. Oh, I'm pregnant. Woo-hoo-hoo. No, none of that either. She knew the cost. Mary's faith was a costly faith. It's the same faith that when we come to Jesus, and we, as we live before Jesus, there's this, there's this surrender that's required in our lives. True faith, life-giving faith, saving faith, faith in which we live out of every day that, 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 that makes us right with God, that, that unleashes God in us like it conceived God in her, is costly faith. I'm a slave of the Lord. Have you ever prayed that? Any of, you, any of you dared to pray that? Lord, I'm your slave. Be able to do so joyously. Like, Lord, I'm your slave. Good night. Okay, Jesus, here we go. Got to love that guy again. Love those kids and go to work again. No, 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 no. I'm your slave. Because, because she knows who her master is. She knows who the one who is Blessing her is a God of love. The God of all glory and majesty, but he is love. He cares for her. He's good. Behold, I am your slave. Let it be to me according to your word. I, I, I would say for us, as we live, learning for Barry in this moment, is having these behold moments daily. It first starts there, but it's, it li- we live there. Behold, Lord, Lord, I know what I'm getting into, and I'm yours. I need you to live in me. Behold. Jesus explains this as he talks about the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 16 says this. We're going to jump ahead a little bit here. Matthew 16. 
Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return from his soul? Again, he says earlier in Matthew 10, Jesus told his disciples, Whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Just pause here to take this in. Faith in Christ is costly faith. Are you taking these words in? Like, whoa. Jesus, you just went from one to ten. It's one thing to take up your cross. That's okay. It's nice and abstract. But then he got personal. You love your mother or father? Your children? You just touched my kiddos, Jesus. Hands off. You love them more than me. You are not worthy. This is heavy stuff, friends. Jesus is saying is what I believe Mary knew. With all the cost that would come to her of of being God's vessel to bring Jesus into the world, it was worth it. A few verses down in this passage, Elizabeth, she goes and visits Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken. Elizabeth knew the cost. Elizabeth knew what God was doing. She knew the cost. But Mary knew it's worth it. Whatever the cost it is to to bring about Christmas for all of humanity, it's worth it. There's a right order of the things you see when Jesus, when God is, 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 is in the right place for us, when he is all that we desire, and what, when he's, as we sing these songs, you are worthy, you are worthy. When we actually believe that, it's not that we hate our children and love God, it's that we rightly love our children because we rightly love God. Do you get that? We can rightly love the things of this world, the good things that God gives us and has in our life, because we are right with God, because our design is that He would be first and foremost. But it comes at a cost. We die to us, to ourselves. Jesus explains how it's worth it in, 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 in Matthew 13. He uses this illustration again. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls and who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had to buy it. This is what Jesus, it's like this is what Mary knew. Jesus is worth it. Whatever my life was going to be, I'm willing to give it all up. Let it be to me. I'm your slave, oh God. You're worth it. Jesus is worth it. The cost of following Jesus can oftentimes produce within us a, 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 a reaction of like, I'm already, I'm already tired. I'm already tired of giving. I don't have much more to give, Jesus. I, I'm, I'm trying my best and I just feel defeated as I hear this. 
The Christian life, friends, this is going to be hard to hear. The Christian life is not difficult. And take this in. The Christian life, it's not difficult. It's impossible. It's impossible, friends. We can't do it. Mary couldn't cause God to be born in her. She needed God to do the work in her. And in the same way, we can't follow and love God without God in us. Jesus didn't come to make good people better. He came to make dead people alive. That's good news. Because we're dead and we can't and we need him. Come and breathe your life in us. Come, Jesus, live your life in us. Jesus doesn't just save us out of heaven, but the God came to us to get the God out of heaven and into us. Into you and me. Friends, too many of us are trying too much as we follow Jesus. Living it in our own power, in our own strength. I'm just trying harder. I'm just going to love my spouse more. I'm just going to... I'm just going to pull my bootstraps out and keep working hard at work and my kids and my friendships and my singleness. And I'm just going to keep trying, 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 trying. And we're the suck just grows and we're bitter and joyless. And there's more. Just as God, it was miraculous that God was born in Mary, Jesus. Friends, we need the miraculous in us. Jesus born in us. Not merely to save us from a different destination, but to save us that we can live the life now. Eternal life isn't something for then and there at another time. It's now. God wants joy in your darkness now. God wants peace in your conflict now. You can't do it, but he can do it in you. But it's costly because you got to surrender. The way we move forward is the same way we begin. Lord, I'm yours. Let it be to me. Jesus, every day, Lord, I'm yours. Work in me. I, I can't do it. I can't love my spouse like I'm, I ought. I can't love my friends or my neighbors. I can't, I can't work for your glory like I ought. I can't, I can't live for you and, 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 and make godly, good, healthy decisions and, and, and build this community up and not, and not just be a bump on the log. And I, just, I, can't, I can't just get beyond surviving because we're all doing that. We're just grinding and getting through. There's more I can't do. Lord, do it in me. I'm your slave. Come. In me. Have your way. This morning, maybe you're realizing you've come to God with, here, Lord, I, let me clean myself up for you. Here, Lord, let me do for you. And you're, you're stuck in that. And, and this is maybe your first time, like, I've never really heard the gospel this way. I, I've been trying to do for Jesus rather than let Jesus do through me. That's salvation. Come and receive Christ made alive in you. Maybe you, you, you've gotten just caught up in that grind again and, and, and you need to give up. 
and come back to the cross and say, Jesus, do it in me. I'm going to stop trying to do it on my own. I'm going to stop living on my own. Some of you, you've got stuff that you've accumulated that you don't trust him with to cut out of your life or to change its priority in your life. You don't trust him with anything. Trust me, whatever cost it is, it's worth it. And I will bless you. Whatever things, priorities that need to be restructured, whether it's your, your, your academics or athletics or your, your, you know, your financial goals or, or, or status in life or, or, or whatever it may be that I've got my priorities mixed up in. Jesus says, I'm, I'm not going to destroy it, but let me be first. You need to trust me. The cost is worth it. I invite you to come, friends, today. Let's pray like Mary. Let's respond like Mary. And let's, let's, ex, let's be made alive. Amen? I'm going to the worship team come on forward. Holy Spirit. Jesus, we need you. We're, 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 we're caught up, Lord God. In the impossibility, Lord, or trying to make what is impossible really achievable in our own efforts, Lord God. And, 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 and forgive us, Jesus, for trying to come to you, for trying to make ourselves right with you, trying to clean ourselves up for you. Lord, to try to, 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 to live the life that you've called us to on our own. Lord God, forgive us. Forgive us, God, for the ways in which we have desire to dictate this is lord I, i'm gonna i'm gonna live my life you can fit it in i will fit you in the cracks here jesus when it's convenient for me jesus i'm gonna fit you in rather than lord submitting to you lord i'm your slave let it be to me whatever you say oh god your way not mine forgive us oh god and cleanse us we invite you jesus we want to start afresh we want to start anew this morning god letting you live in us we want to be made alive, God. We don't want to continue to be grinding, Lord God, just reinforcing the death and the bitterness and the decay. We need you to come in, Jesus. Lord, we want to receive you, the God-man, in us, to live through us, to save us from ourselves, God. In your name we pray.